lot of scripture to read, so um, you can remain seated. seated. I want to go ahead and start with prayer this morning. Lord, thank you so much, God, for the opportunity, God, to be in your house this morning, God. God, to feel your wonderful presence already, Lord. I pray that you would open up our hearts. I pray that you would give us wisdom and understanding, God. And I want to thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So the first verse we're going to go to is Job chapter 1, verse 6. It says, Now... There was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. I'm going to answer a question in this Bible study this morning. How do I I take a broken life and allow God to use it for his glory? I've been doing a lot of studying lately on this subject matter. Every single one of us, In this sanctuary this morning, we're broken. Something in life has broken us. And it's not a bad thing. I used to think being broken was bad, um, embarrassing. Wanted to keep it kind of under the rug, per se. Um, But it's not. It's a good thing. In order for God to use us, some point in our life we've been broken. If we're not broken, if we don't allow God to break us, then we become, our hearts become hardened. And With a hardened heart, God can't use someone with a hardened heart. We reject his word. We reject his love, his presence. But when something in our life happens to us, something devastating or a tragedy or um, a loss, per se, of anything, it doesn't have to be a loved one, but it could be a loss of a pet, a job, career, anything, and it has a broken a part of our heart off, that's when God begins to use us. So how do I take a broken life and allow God to use it for his glory? And the answer to this question is through confidence, patience, and holding on to his promises. And I'm going to talk on those three things this morning um, that, I've, that I have learned in studying the scriptures. So in Job 1 and 6, again it says, Now there has... There was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. The Bible speaks of other heavenly councils where God and the angels plan their activities on earth and where angels are required to give an account of themselves. You can read this in other scriptures in the Word. Because God is creator of all angels, both of those who serve him and of those who rebelled, the fallen angels, he has complete control and power over them. Now we're going to go to Luke chapter 22, verse 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. Satan wanted to crush Simon Peter. And the other disciples, like grains of wheat, he hoped to find only the chaff left so he can blow them away. But Jesus answered Peter that his faith, although it may falter, it would not be destroyed. It would be renewed and strengthened and would build up his brothers. And I want to stop here for just a second. 
Because when you are in a broken state and you're trying to survive, there is a survival mode that every single one of us go through. I know that if you go to a physician, they're going to talk to you about uh, fight or flight. I don't know a whole lot about that, but I studied a little bit about it. So you automatically kick into, I'm going to fight or flight. So you're going to kick into a fight mode, spiritually speaking. And when the enemy comes in and when you're broken. And I know that when you suffer great loss, there is what they call a grief cycle. And the grief cycle is not in order. But it's a certain cycle that you go through that every individual goes through when they suffer loss. And sometimes you'll forget who you are. Sometimes you'll feel like a zombie. You think that you're getting better and the hurt's going away. But you might find yourself um, one day doing just fine and then there's a trigger. Um, And it goes angry. You can be mad at God. You can be mad at loved ones. Um, And it goes to great sorrow. Uh, it's just, it's unforgiveness, anger, um, could turn into bitterness, uh, and then the deep sorrow. Well, I remember once, um, sister Shay, I, poor sister Shay, sometimes I call her and she doesn't know if I'm serious or I'm joking. And, um, so this, this story I'm fixing to share with you is completely my fault, by the way. But I remember after losing Chris, it's been a little, it's probably been a year later, And I'm thinking, I'm getting good. I'm good now. I'm feeling better. Um, I'm done with this. I'm done with grief. If you're like me, you want to be done with something. When it's bad, you want to be done with it. When it hurts, you want to just get it over with and be done with it. But that's not how grief works. That's not how brokenness works. And it's it's a journey that you take. And so I remember I went into Walmart, did some shopping I had to do, and I come out. And I went to stick my key because the key fob wasn't unlocking this car. And I went to stick my key into the car to unlock it, and it did. My key unlocked the car, opened it, and I was like, man, my car is a mess. What in the world? I didn't realize how messy it has gotten. And I looked over, and I saw a pack of cigarettes sitting in the passenger seat, and I was like, how did those get in? I don't smoke, you know, how those cigarettes get in my car? And I realized a sudden, this is not my car. Whose car is this? I panicked. I shut the door. I stood in the parking lot, and I looked around, and I forgot who I was. I forgot where I was at. I didn't know what to do. I just started panicking. I couldn't even tell someone my name. I didn't know anything. My mind went completely blank. And uh, I had the phone in my hand, so I just called the last person there. It happened to be Sister Shay. And I started crying. I said, I don't know where I'm at. And, and um, well, my fo- voice, the, and she's like laughing. She goes, you kidding, you know, are you kidding me? Because I always messed around with Sister Shay. Um, but then when she realized I'm being serious, she's being serious. She goes, calm down. What is directly in front of you? And I said, a building, it says Walmart on it. I didn't even know what Walmart was. My mind, I lost my whole mind. I lost everything. She goes, walk back into the door, stand there, take deep breaths. She walked me. I had to be walked step by step by step until she calmed me down. I was frantic. And that's what grief can do to someone. You will forget who you are, where you're at. And that's a year after that. It's a cycle that it takes. 
And our minds, the enemy knows. He knows. And his favorite playground to play on is our minds. He loves to come here and play. And that's what the Lord is showing us. So every single day, we know that angels come before the Lord. And he has to tell them. He, they have to give account to God. So we already know from one verse that God Almighty is over everything. He reigns everything. And from the second verse, we already know that the enemy wants to sift us like wheat. He wants to sift us and blow us away. So he's going to start playing in our minds. Um, Along with this, I can share a lot of stories, but I want to take you to the next verse because I want you to know that if we will stand, even though our faith might falter, because I'm thinking, God, what are you doing to me? What have I done to deserve this? And you might be asking yourself those same questions this morning. What have I done to deserve this? Was my faith not good enough? What's wrong with me? And those are questions that the enemy is going to come at you with. He's going to attack you with those questions. And they're lies. They're lies from the enemy. But the Lord tells us, even though our faith might falter, you know, we might get mad at God. We might not understand. We might question. But he will strengthen us. The word of God says that he's going to strengthen us. And by strengthening our faith, he's going to renew your faith. And that way we can help others. We can help each other in the body of Christ, in our church family. So now I'm going to take you to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Be somber, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. On this verse here, lions attack. They attack the sick, they attack the young, or the struggling animals. They choose victims that are alone or not alert. Peter warns us to watch out for Satan when we are suffering or being persecuted, feeling alone, weak, helpless, and cut off from other believers. So focus on our own troubles that we forget to watch for the danger. We become especially vulnerable to Satan's attacks. So during these times of suffering, we need to surround ourselves with our church family. We need to surround ourselves with the word of God. We need to surround ourselves with worship music that we can praise God for. We need one another. You know, from the Bible, it tells us in James 4 and 7 to resist the devil and he will flee from you. So when we have our emotions come over us, when we're feeling these feelings and these questions come on us, we can start saying, Lord, I give you the highest praise and give God the highest praise. If you have to shout it out, hallelujah, shout hallelujah to the Lord. Whatever song God lays on your heart, start singing that song. There's a song I sing when I'm cleaning house almost every day and God and Dawson said, Mom, that must be your favorite song. I said, actually, it's not my favorite song. I said, but Dawson, this song helps Mom every day. And I will just, I'm not going to sing it to y'all, but I sing, I trust you, Lord, 
I trust you, Lord. My trust is in the Lord. And I just start singing it, singing that over and over and over. And the more I hear those words as I'm singing it out loud, it encourages me. So when the enemy comes in, when he sees that I'm weak, when he sees I'm lonely, when he sees that he has an opportunity to grab a hold of my mind and manipulate it, he can cause you to believe things that aren't real. It's called the spirit of deception. And that's his number one tool I think he pulls out of the bag especially those who are grieving loss. But these verses show us that Satan is very active. And I want to read, or I read one time what his name means, and I haven't looked this up, but I read it in another study. His name means one who separates. If he knows that he can separate you from the word of God, if he can separate you first from the family of God, and if he can separate you from the truth and get you busy, get your mind distracted, or cause you to be in a low spot because of your emotions, then he can start working on us. So we need to be aware of these things. We need to, uh, in class, when I, when I teach individuals who are, um, have addictions in their lives, My heart breaks for them. But I said, you have to realize you have triggers. We all have triggers. Some of us have anger problems and certain things trigger us. Uh, My sister just, she tagged me in a post. She said, this is you, Laura. And it's a guy singing, what do Christian girls look like? And he's singing this fun uh, worship song with the Lord. And then a car gets in front of him. It's going slow. And he starts screaming. And then he goes right back to singing a worship song. That's, that's a trigger, you know, bad drivers. And then another trigger could be something as a song. A song could play. It could trigger an emotion. Or you could look at someone, they'll mention something. Like in, in their situation when someone starts talking about a drug, it will trigger it. And their desire for that drug, that taste, will come back. There's all kinds of things that will trigger individuals. I remember... Um, in Walmart, after my loss, the song came on, The Overhead. And it's a cute little song I used to sing to Chris. Um, Bubbly is the name of the song. And I would aggravate him with this song in a fun way, but it got on his nerves. So the song started playing, and this has been years afterwards. And I kind of laughed at first and started singing along with it. And then I had to take a beeline to the bathroom at Walmart because I broke down in tears. It was a trigger, and I thought I was good. So we have to know our triggers. I told an individual the other day, she said, don't worry about me. I can be around these people. I'm strong enough. And I said, hold on. I said, that's your biggest mistake. You just said that you're strong enough around your weakness. The enemy knows our weakness. And if there's one thing that I have learned, and pastor can um, correct me. I'm, I'm okay for him to correct me out loud. There's one thing that I learned, never think that you're strong enough to be around your weakness, ever. You're never, ever going to say, I'm strong enough to be around this. I can withstand this. To you, you need to say, I need to get away from this situation. I need to flee from this. I need to run from this. So I told her, you're setting yourself up for a great fall. To think that you're a better that you're stronger and that you can withstand a certain situation alone by yourself or that you can be around that again, that's you're setting yourself up for a great fall. I've learned that by trial and error, unfortunately. 
So um, we need to guard our hearts. We need to guard our minds and our spirits. So I want to take us to um, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11. It says, Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The wiles of the devil. To withstand their attacks, we must depend on God's strength and use every piece of his armor. Paul is not giving the counsel to only to the leaders. He's not saying this only to the leaders in the room, but he's telling this to everybody in the room. This goes to all of you from the back to the front to upstairs in the Sunday school department. This goes to everyone. This verse is to everyone. So um, James 4 and 7 says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So how can we draw close to God? You know, when you're, you're battling those emotions, when you're battling those feelings, you're consumed. Sometimes it consumes you, and you can't even get up out of bed sometimes in the morning. And I know I'm not talking just to something I've been through. I know I'm speaking to someone this morning, but it's hard to even make yourself do what you have to do some days. I've been there. I know it. Well, James gives us five ways that we can draw close to God, and I'm going to share those with you really quick. Number one, humble yourselves before God. That's James 4 and 7. All of these are in James if you want to write them down. So humble yourself before God. Number two, resist the devil. That's 4 and 7. Don't let Satan entice you or to tempt you. Number three, you're going to think this is your mama talking to you. Wash your hands and purify your hearts. Wash your hands of that. Get rid of it. Walk away. Purify your heart. That's four and eight. Number four, let there be sorrow and deep grief for your sins. Four and nine. Don't be, don't be afraid of the altar. Don't be afraid of getting on your knees at home and going in great detail. God, I am sorry for this, this. Tell him exactly what you're sorry for. If you're angry... I've done it before. God, I'm really angry with you, and I am really sorry that I thought this, and I said this, and I've done this. Tell them how you feel and apologize and ask them to help you to overcome this anger. Um, I know, I guess because it was drilled in me when I was young to never back down from a fight. When someone comes against you, I better fight right back. And growing up as an adult, you can't do that. Well, you shouldn't do it as a kid anyways. But you can't fight individuals just because they make you mad or come at you. Um, I'm thankful for godly counsel back here for Brother Sharon. He's helped me come a long ways, you guys. But I'm going to say this in the spirit. Don't back down from the enemy. I can transition what I was taught in the flesh as a young girl into the spirit. We are not to back down because greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. God, who is creator of all, who has dominion over everything, even the angels that have fallen have to come to him for permission. And that spirit lives inside of you. So we have to take that authority and to use that authority and just tell God, God, I'm sorry for this, 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 this. And then fight back at the enemy. Number five. Bow down before the Lord, and he will lift you up. 
That's James 4.10. And you also can go to 1 Peter 5, uh, verse 6. But bow down before the Lord and he will lift you up. So no matter what you're facing and what you're going through, anger or bitterness or jealousy, envy um, or hurt, deep sorrow, even if you're confused because the devil causes confusion. Whatever it is that you face here this morning, you have these five things to draw close to God. And you can draw close to him and he will make a path for you. He will make a way for you. He will cause the confusion to go away. It might, and this is one thing that I, that's been hard for my walk. And I'm being really vulnerable and open up to you guys this morning. But I know another thing that is hard is if I don't get the answer right then. I start stressing out. God, I need you to tell me right now, right now. Before morning, when I wake up, I want my answer, Lord. i got to have it right now. Everything is in God's timing. There's one thing, well, I've learned a lot from Brother Sharon, but this is another thing is, and I hate when he tells me this. Sister Laura, you have two things on your side. You have God and time. And he is so right. That's the truth. And when you realize that you have God and time, you don't rush your healing. You don't rush anything, that there's a purpose for every single thing that we face. Every single one of us is on a journey today. My journey looks different than all of yours, and nobody's journey in here is exactly the same. Nobody's is. But you know what we do have that is the same? That's God. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His truth is for every single one of us. This book, this Bible, is a roadmap to us. There is nothing new under the sun. So you are not alone. God has already been where you are. We have to trust. And trust is a hard thing to come by um, for many people. But I know that once you go through a lot of things and you face a lot of things in life, you learn to lean on the Lord. You learn to trust him no matter what. God, I trust you and I know that you're going to make a way. So, um, and I'm almost finished, Pastor. But Satan, he uses the same old bag of tricks, you guys. But we have God who is on our side. We can turn to him as our support for wisdom and a way out under temptation and for healing. God gives us the strength to stand and the armor to protect ourselves from the enemy. Satan comes to steal our joy, to kill our spirit, and to destroy our hope. He masquerades around as if he is light, deceiving us with his false beauty. We must be aware of how he works so we can guard our minds, our hearts, and steps as we set out to carry out our purpose on our journey. This is one trip that Satan doesn't want us to be successful in. He doesn't want you to take it, and he will pull out every trick in his bag to try to stop you. Just remember these two scriptures, James 4 and 7, resist the devil and he will flee from you. James 4 and 8, draw close to God and he will draw close to you. When you run to God, he's running to you twice as hard. All right, I'm going to my very last scripture. Hebrews 10, 35 through 36, cast not away therefore your confidence which hath great recompense of reward. For ye have need of patience, that rather, or that after ye have done all, 
I can't read this morning, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. I'm going to read it again. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. The promise. So as we continue on our God-given journey, I want every single one of us to really think about this verse. If we have to copy it down, if you can memorize it, that's great. But have confidence that God is leading your life. God is in charge and God is leading your life. Your journey will not look like it as mine. Each of ours is unique. But these truths are applied to every single one of us. So, in the King James Version of Hebrews chapter 10, verses 35-36, you can circle these three words, and you can remember them, and you can hold fast to them. These three words are confidence, patience, and promise. And they need to go in that order. Confidence, patience, and promise. My prayer is for us all to find the confidence that we need to be patient and persevere until we receive whatever God has promised us. Lord, I pray today, God, that you would help us, God. Help every single one of us under the sound of your voice, God. God, I pray to understand your word, to receive it, and to know that you are there for us, God. God, help us to have confidence, God. God, help that confidence grow into patience and to never let go of the promises that you've given each and every one of us, Lord. Restore our hope and strengthen our faith. In Jesus' name, amen. instruction on how to deal with our difficulty. How many of you know that difficulty is in our future? We're going to face things in our future. There's going to be a fight. And as I was uh, taking notes today, um, I, I see the scripture as it continues to express a need to get closer to God. That's why it's so important. The house of the Lord is so important. These times are so important because we can't make it on our own. I think that um, that was that was excellent advice in the fact that we shouldn't put ourselves in the position. If someone dealt with alcoholism and God delivered them from alcoholism, it's probably not a good idea for them to go sit at the bar with a buddy. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, that's that that's common sense there. But we have an ability to overcome continuously the challenges that are... The devil's going to try to set up a situation where you're going to fall again. So he's going to put you in that place. So difficulty is going to come. And so that those scriptures, James seven, uh, 4, 7, and 8, draw close to God. That's so important. And that's why... The house of God is so important. That's why these times are so important. Because through this, the instruction of his word, we do humble ourselves. We aren't able in ourselves to conquer. We resist the devil and he'll flee from us. If we don't put ourselves in that position, we're much better off. Then we wash ourselves, we repent, we're sorrowful, we have an altar experience. And then if we will submit ourselves and bow down, he will lift us up. I believe there is success 
in our future if we'll follow the scriptural advice that we've received today. Would you pray that God will help you to do so? God, I thank you for your word, which has been informative. It's given us instruction. I pray that we would make application, and through that application that we would see the success that you have for us. We know the plans that you have for us, God. Help us to act upon those in Jesus' name we pray. And the church said amen. Amen. We have a few moments. We're going to take a break. We're going to encourage you to do so. And then at uh, 1055, we're going to begin our worship service with the time of prayer. And then we're going to have a wonderful worship service. I'd like for you, as uh, you have time this break, to maybe uh, just take a couple of moments and consider someone or someones that you would invite to Easter Sunday, maybe write it down, maybe make a mental note, text yourself. A lot of times I text myself things that I need to do. What you need to make certain is that you're planning on inviting someone to Easter Sunday. We're going to be passing out invite cards, so we're going to help you to help us. God bless you. Take a break, and we'll begin service in just a few moments.